welcome to tonight's Telephone Town Hall, where we'll work to provide an update and answer your questions about the coronavirus crisis. Uh, I'm Congressman Pete Aguilar, and tonight I'm joined by Corwin Porter, Assistant Director of San Bernardino County Department of Public Health. Uh, Corwin, would you like to uh, kick it off and say a few words? Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me this evening. Just a couple things that I'd like to share with you in the beginning of this is that, uh, as you've probably seen, the number of cases continue to rise in our county. Our last press release indicated that there were 17 cases. And uh, we continue to work closely with our lab and with other labs in the community to continue to test and to provide those services. Um, one of the things I would like to say, and, and Congressman, I don't want to steal any of your thunder, but we would definitely encourage everyone to follow the shelter-in-place orders, practice social distancing. It's really our goal to slow this pandemic down and try to flatten out the curve so less people are impacted severely by this illness. Thank you for allowing me to have that statement. Of course, of course. Uh, we will talk about some of those best practices uh, as well, uh, I'm sure, throughout this, throughout this call. Uh, I did want to give uh, Dr. Veronica Kelly uh, from San Bernardino County Behavioral Health uh, an opportunity to, uh, to give a quick uh, introduction as well. Dr. Kelly? Thank you, Congressman, and again, thank you for this opportunity. Um, I did want to let all of the folks on the line know that San Bernardino County Department of Behavioral Health is open. We are still seeing people who have uh, mental health issues or substance use disorder uh, issues. We are here to help our urgent care for both mental health and substance use disorder. Those, those um, treatment facilities are also open. Um, and so we just really want to also let you know that we have some telephone lines and we'll get that information to the congressman so that you all can have it. So that if people are feeling overwhelmed by the coronavirus, um, we have lines where you can call 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. We have that available in multiple languages, um, as well as our access line that is 24-7. And that's another line where you can call to, in particular if you need to make an appointment to see a psychiatrist or your clinician, or if you are interested in recovery support services. So all of our services, again, we are open, we are up and running, and we are happy to answer any questions. Thank you so much, Dr. Kelly. I, I appreciate it. Um, the first question is going to be uh, Mia from Rialto. Uh, Mia, go ahead. Hello. Hi, Mia. This is Congressman Pete Aguilar. Feel free to, to ask your question. Hello. Um, you have been placed in line to ask the speaker a question. This call may be recorded. Um, I was wondering how that would work out because I'm not able to work. I don't know how long that would last, but my job is going to be open for this week's basis. Sure. So you want to know how long this is going to last and, and if there will be a, a quarantine in, in San Bernardino County, right? Yeah, and the fact yeah. is, like, there's so much going on. <laughs> right, right. No, no, uh, I appreciate I appreciate the question. Thank you so much, uh, Mia. Um, Corwin, um, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, from a public health perspective, uh, how, we're, how we're talking to constituents, how long this, uh, this, this can take and what we can expect uh, in the next uh, couple weeks ahead? Right. For the next several 
prices to continue to accelerate and increase. We're hoping that with the, all the actions that the governor and the local um, jurisdictions have put into place will help to end the epidemic, but time will tell. But definitely for the next several weeks, we expect to continue to see the cases rise. And we just encourage very heavily that people practice all those uh, asks that we have to uh, keep from spreading this illness. And some of those, uh, Corwin, those best practices that we've seen, uh, you know, we, we know that we all play a role in this, uh, but as you mentioned, social distancing is, is incredibly important. Uh, staying at home, avoiding large crowds, isolating as much as possible, uh, and continuing to wash your hands and disinfect uh, surfaces regularly, especially if you have to leave the house and go to the supermarket, uh, making sure that you avoid all, or that you practice all of this uh, behavior uh, when you do that. This is going to be uh, difficult on, on all of us, uh, individuals, uh, indi uh, hard on small businesses and employees, um, and we're going to have uh, lasting effects on this uh, throughout our economy. Uh, but the only way we slow the number of cases uh, is to allow our medical system to treat those who need it most urgently. Uh, that's what I've heard loud and clear from the professionals and from uh, San Bernardino County Public Health that uh, we have to prioritize. And, uh, uh, and make sure uh, those folks who need um, uh, health care services uh, get it. Um, okay, we're going to, if we can go to uh, Louis from Rialto. Uh, Louis, your line's open. Go ahead. Um, am, I, am I here? Yep, yep, you're live. <laughs> Good afternoon, and thank you so much for allowing me to, uh, to speak for a moment here. Uh, my name is Louis Calderon, and I have a small business. It's Las Colinas Engineering in Rialto. I've been in business for almost 10 years, and obviously uh, small businesses out here like myself are taking a huge hit um, financially. Uh, a lot of my cu customers and clients are not just in the San Bernardino County, but are also in the LA County. I understand that the city of Los Angeles is, is actually helping uh, small businesses like myself, um, maybe not financially, but they're giving them link to go to so they can um, get some kind of relief and support. That's the city of Los Angeles. I haven't seen nothing from my own city and my own county that allows me to go to any link for that support. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty frustrated with that because, yeah, the city of LA, and, and they're primarily one of my biggest customers, um, it, it's telling their, their own uh, uh, small businesses that they can do that, but yet, my city hasn't even mentioned anything like that, at least that I know of. Thank you. Sure. Sure. I appreciate. I appreciate the question. I'll take. I'll take this one. Um, and and let me just say that you know, from an information standpoint, if if we haven't given you uh, enough uh, information and directed you to to uh, the right resources, uh, then that's uh, on all of us, uh, our public servants. Um, if, if I can encourage you to, to go to my website, um, aguilar.house.gov, uh, we have uh, some information on our website that summarizes especially uh, some of the new programs that are being rolled out uh, through the SBA uh, disaster assistance. Um, Congress has taken a couple uh, steps at this, um, and, and I want to be very clear uh, that there's a lot more that we need to be doing. Um, Congress has passed two bills, but in the most uh, uh, in, the, in the first bill, we did have a billion dollars uh, for small businesses. I expect that number is going to grow uh, as we uh, pass a legislation in the next uh, couple days. 
Um, but Louie, to your point, and I know some small businesses who have applied for this uh, disaster grant um, already, um, and uh, they're done. They're done by SBA. Uh, they're pretty quick. Um, uh, the business, the two businesses that I've been in touch with, have already had dialogue and back and forth with SBA uh, a couple times, um, getting more documents. Um, uh, but you can anticipate that we're also going to have discussions about business interruption loans. Um, and uh, my colleagues and I have been have been very clear uh, that our preference would be uh, to use SBA as the vehicle. Um, um, but well, what I've heard loud and clear from businesses is we don't need. Um, loans if we don't know we're going to have customers on the back end in, in 30, 60, 90 days. Um, so having some type of loan program that can convert to a grant, um, maybe if the business keeps folks employed and keeps people um, uh, on the payroll, uh, again, that would serve a purpose to keep folks uh, off of the unemployment uh, uh, programs, um, but uh, also um, uh, make sure that we keep our economy and keep your payroll going so once business does uh, get back, uh, you can you can hit on all cylinders. Um, but please, please, um, uh, you can go to uh, sba.gov or you can go to my website, agular.house.gov. Uh, you can call my office um, uh, as well uh, and talk to uh, someone in my, on my staff. Uh, we'd be happy to follow up with you. Uh, that's 909-890-4445 uh, is, is our office line. Uh, I really appreciate uh, the, the question. Um, next, uh, we're going to go to, uh, and folks, I apologize. Um, I'm going to try to be as, as quick as I can. I know I'm, I want to be sensitive with your time here as well uh, so we can uh, utilize our speakers and get to as many questions as possible. We're going to go to Bill from Fontana. Uh, yeah, we're going to go to Bill from Fontana, I believe. Oh, I'm sorry. Bill is Bill is gone. All right. So who is who's next? Joseph uh, from San Bernardino. Yes. Hi. Uh, thank you for taking a question from us. Uh, my question is, uh, what are you going to do as an employee, not the small businesses, because uh, we are affected uh, by hours and cut down on uh, you know on uh, hourly uh, rates and uh, also. Uh, uh, missing uh, days from work. How can we uh, apply for anything like either unemployment or uh, some kind of disability or, sure. or the cases? We are not we are not out of the job yet, but we go like you know we still open. But in case if you feel like any sick or we don't feel safe to go or any comment on that please. Sure, sure. No, absolutely. And and uh, let me kind of summarize um, a, a few points. Uh, Congress, as I mentioned, has passed two bills and that have been signed into law. The first was for vaccine research and, and additional research for, for health care. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, the, the small business piece of it. The second bill expanded unemployment insurance programs. Um, uh, and so that's obviously a, that's a state by state program. Um, I, I can't uh, I can't give you advice on what to do, but if you if you haven't been laid off, then then uh, and have that conversation with your employer, uh, then um, uh, I would encourage you to, to have those uh, conversations. Um, but I, uh, you can't file for unemployment unless your employer also does uh, some some uh, uh, some work on on the back end. But what we did in in Congress was we wanted to guarantee two weeks of paid leave uh, starting uh, immediately. 
um, uh, for folks that say this is sick leave uh, for those folks who, who are affected by the virus or uh, are caring for individuals um, uh, who, who have coronavirus. Uh, we also wanted to ensure that testing will be administered uh, free of charge. Uh, there were some other uh, things that we've done on senior nutrition and, and child nutrition, um, but we need to do, and, and what, you can, what you can count on is for us to be much more clear on the programs that we're, uh, that we're looking to, to fund and pass uh, this week uh, that directly affect workers um, and employees. Um, we want to be very clear, and, and this is where there, there has been some, some partisan back and forth um, on whether uh, big business should benefit from, uh, from taxpayer dollars. Uh, we had been very clear and pushing for individuals to get assistance, uh, expanded uh, family medical leave, expanded sick leave, um, uh, and ensuring that people's paychecks uh, can continue uh, to the extent possible. Those have been the priorities that we have been uh, that we've been pushing, um, and, and we will continue to to, uh, to push that. This is uh, this is difficult, and it's moving incredibly fast. Um, but I can assure you uh, that we're looking uh, exactly uh, as you mentioned on, on different types of programs that can be used by independent contractors or people who are working in the gig economy, the kind of uh, new economy that we have, uh, but making sure that if somebody's hours are cut, um, they would also um, uh, be able to, to benefit from some of these new programs. Um, this is gonna take a little bit of time and we're working as quickly as we can to pass the legislation uh, and then we'll work to implement it. Uh, I appreciate, uh, appreciate the question. Uh, next, we're gonna go to Carol from uh, Rancho Cucamonga. Carol, go ahead. Hello. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Hi. Thanks for letting us talk. My problem is I've been watching TV now for a week and a half. I see L.A. County. I once saw Riverside County and Orange County, but nothing in San Bernardino as to can we get a hotel for our homeless? Or or the people that have to be quarantined but they have a house full of people, so they need a hotel room. I know LA's got it, but I don't know if San Bernardino's got it. I appreciate, I appreciate the question, Carol. I'm gonna um, ask uh, Dr. Kelly to, to weigh in here. Uh, Dr. Kelly, can you talk a little bit about uh, the homeless population? I know Governor Newsom has talked extensively and, and as part of his request to the federal government, he specifically outlined some additional resources, um, uh, emergency shelter grants, um, as well uh, as some other programs that affect uh, our homeless population. Uh, can you talk a little bit about um, what San Bernardino County is doing and if some of that funding um, is successful, uh, what types of programs we'd be able to stand up and, uh, and accomplish here in our region? Of course, that's a great question. Um, so the governor has allocated about $150 million in two different pots of money, and that's very recently, in order to do the very things, um, Carol, that you were talking about. We've met today and are um, aiming for Friday to stand up our first uh, quarantine type of shelter, although quarantine kind of is not really what we're calling it, but a place where people who are homeless, who are sick, who need to be taken care of, but they don't require hospitalization can go. And so we have a place we've identified in the high desert, and we also have one um, down here in the valley. And so 
we are getting those ramped up. Um, I know um, in particular we have uh, behavioral health clinicians as well as uh, psychiatrists and our physicians because we know a lot of the folks who don't have homes and who might be experiencing symptoms of COVID-19 also have mental underlying mental health issues and addiction. So we want to make sure that we can uh, provide their care and make sure that the rest of the community is provided for. But those things, um, we are just ramping up, just trying to find the sites that we can utilize for that. And also know that we also have been working with other funding streams from the governor's office in the past year to really ramp up our shelters. So by the end of the week, we should have the high desert one up and very shortly thereafter, the one here in the valley. Thanks, Dr. Kelly. And uh, if, if folks want uh, updates on that, uh, can they check the uh, San Bernardino County um, Behavioral Health website or how would they uh, better connect and, and ask those questions? Or if they want to uh, volunteer and, and be helpful, buy some gift cards, send some, send some items, um, what do you encourage and, and how can they uh, follow up with you and your team? So uh, the Department of Behavioral Health does have on our website a COVID-19 page, and that's where we will post everything. And also, Congressman, I will make sure to send you links to all of our information as well. Great. Thank you so much. And we'd be happy to put those uh, links on, on, uh, on our website, uh, too. Um, let's go to uh, Bernard. Uh, Bernard from Rialto. Bernard, go ahead. Uh, yes. No, I was just wondering, because we have a lot of banks and we have a lot of, like, uh, digital businesses that are open. Are they going to eventually just close everything down? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question, and, and it's something that, uh, that that we get asked quite a bit. Um, uh, Corwin, uh, would you like to, to take that uh, and uh, talk a little bit about uh, the governor's executive order um, and the definition of essential businesses? And uh, do we, I guess the, the question is, um, do we anticipate going a little further than, than that essential, uh, those essential services? Now that's a great question. Yeah, so the governor has outlined essential businesses or services that are required to, to keep basic infrastructure in place. Um, and he's listed out several different areas. And from our understanding, um, there is no intention at this point to go any further, uh, but we have had a lot of changes. And so, um, although I say that, um, I can't be 100% sure, but I have no indication at this point that there's additional restrictions on those business types. For those of you who listen to the governor's uh, Twitter uh, and Facebook, live stream earlier, his focus was on just having folks follow the current guidelines. He wasn't even mentioning um, going any further at this point. So I think at this current time, I, I'm pretty confident to say that I'm, I'm not aware and I don't see any additional restrictions on businesses coming from beyond what has already taken place. We're just asking folks to, to, to be safe, right, Corwin, to use their, use their best judgment, stay home, avoid those crowds, maintain social distance. Um, those, uh, all the medical professionals um, are giving us the same advice that, that we can start to kind of flatten the curve uh, in, in that regard. Um, and, and we've seen that, uh, uh, we've seen that work and we want to continue to, to make sure that we're implementing those pieces. One of the things, Corwin, if I could jump in with another another question, uh, someone sent me a message um, and, and asked me um, why we're not uh, saying where these 17 cases uh, that are positive in San Bernardino County, 
Uh, what cities are they in? Why aren't we being more specific? Um, uh, what, uh, what, what can we do to be more transparent to tell people um, uh, that, this is, that this is here and this is real? Um, and not to be alarmed, but we also need to, to all practice these, these best behaviors. But what can, we, uh, uh, what can we tell folks about from a county perspective um, uh, if they want to know where these individuals are, are from? Are they concentrated in one area of the county? Is it spread out? Right, that's a great question. We've actually had that question hundreds of times uh, in very recently. So I appreciate that question. It gives me an opportunity to talk a little bit about some of the, the thought process behind not getting into too much detail. Our main overlying focus right now is to really have folks understand that we have community transmission within our county. We don't want people to lose focus by thinking that one city or one area of the county is more risky than another or to stigmatize an area or give people a false sense of security. So we made the decision um, to not, at this current time, to share that information, but really try to refocus people on following all the guidelines to keep themselves safe, to, to social distance, to assume it is in your community and take all those precautions to keep everyone safe, to make sure we're not transmitting it from person to person. And so that is a lot of, of, of what went into the underlying uh, thought process for not going into too much detail on our cases because we really want folks to focus on the more important thing of stopping this community transmission. I appreciate that. That's just come up a number of times and I wanted to, to give you that opportunity. Um, we're going to go to Chris from Rancho Cucamonga. Chris, uh, go ahead. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call tonight. Uh, just a quick question about if the county might be able to do something for us regarding our property taxes, some kind of financial help, and also on a more broader scope, not anything to do with the county, but is there a possibility that you think that our mortgage companies might give us some kind of relief coming up? I appreciate the question. and. Um, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take it, um, uh, but with the caveat that uh, uh, that I've been in touch with uh, with our friends from San Bernardino County. I don't want to speak uh, for them, um, but uh, this is really something that the governor would have to decide on on property tax collection and, and payment. Uh, we have the April deadline uh, coming up. Um, just as a public service announcement, you can no longer um, go in and, and make those uh, payments to, to San Bernardino County. That has to be done uh, via check or electronically. Um, so uh, just be mindful of that as you, as you uh, get prepared. Uh, the state is, is discussing this, I think it's fair to say. Um, uh, we're going to make sure, uh, I know Josh Candelaria with uh, San Bernardino County is, is on this call uh, as well, and, and we've been in touch with uh, San Bernardino County. Um, but we will make sure to communicate um, if the state makes a change. Um, keep in mind, a lot of our local governments um, are funded. The counties and the cities are funded based on that property tax. Um, I, I believe a lot of local leaders uh, have indicated uh, they would be fine with a, a delay and comfortable with the delay as long as, um, uh, as, long as uh, they, they received those funds uh, and they were held harmless. Um, and maybe there's a way for the federal government to step in and to be helpful um, uh, if there was a 30 or 60 day extension that was, that was offered. Um, uh, I would absolutely support something like that. Um, but again, it's going to be that's going to be a state decision. So, so keep an eye on, on uh, the 
governor's press conferences and what he does, um, but I feel confident that San Bernardino County will implement uh, whatever the, the state decides. Uh, they just want to be mindful of the resources that are, that are coming into the county that fund so much of our services. Uh, I know a lot of companies um, and servicers uh, have, been, have indicated that they're going to be flexible. Um, so I just want to be very clear with you, Chris, that you know, call your servicer, call your mortgage, uh, whoever holds your mortgage note, uh, ask them what types of programs that they have. Um, I hope that, that they are as flexible with individuals as possible. Um, uh, but uh, right now there is, is no piece of legislation or no law in place that forces them to do that. Um, uh, I, I think that it would be in their best interest to do that. Um, but uh, right now there's, there's no uh, law or pending uh, legislation that would force them, compel them to do that. But I really appreciate the question because that's come up uh, quite, a, quite a bit. Um, let's go to Michael in Fontana. Yes, hello. This is Scarlett Beer from Fontana, California. I'm Hi, Scarlett. Hi, my question is, this evening in listening to uh, the press conference with our uh, president, he indicated in two weeks that he was going to open the borders, even though we're still in crisis. Is that a reality, or is that just his, his way of speaking? Um, well, you know, I, I think the, the, the press conference this, this afternoon, I think the, the president's been uh, under a lot of pressure from economic advisors. I think it's less uh, specifically about the border and more about um, kind of this reassessment. Um, uh, we're, we're halfway through, a little more than halfway through this kind of 15-day window. Um, and I think he indicated that he uh, wants his advisors to, to give him an assessment um, on what that looks like. Um, you know, I don't want to put uh, Corwin on, on the spot, from a, uh, and I'm not asking you to comment on the, on the politics, Corwin, but from a medical perspective, um, what are some of the timetables and the benchmarks that, uh, that the public health officials in California are looking at before they uh, make decisions um, uh, about what's ahead? No, great question. We're definitely looking to uh, try to stop the increase in cases to the extent that we're seeing currently. We're seeing a very, very rapid increase in number of cases, um, not just in California, but nationally. And so that's one of the indicators. If, if we put these, all these activities and restrictions in place, um, we're hoping to see those cases start to drop off. And if that happens, then we know that we're being successful. And that'll be one of the clues that, that uh, the time to start going back to normal isn't too far off. But we really have to, to see if we can't stop this uh, rapid increase in cases. And currently, we're still in that upward trend. And um, we expect that to be with us for at least two to three weeks, at least. It could be longer. And, and a lot of those decisions are, are being made uh, by the state of California, uh, right, Corwin? So, so we have uh, the state of California, state of uh, Washington and New York, and, and I think Illinois uh, have taken some, uh, some measures uh, that other states have not, just based on, uh, based on cases and based on uh, the, the medical advice that they're giving. Uh, so uh, I would encourage folks to just be mindful that um, uh, the federal government can, uh, can make some decisions, um, but a, a lot of these decisions are going to be uh, made with the, the safety and security of Californians um, uh, in mind.
um, our communications uh, to try to uh, differentiate between uh, some of those uh, decisions and to give people as much um, uh, information as, as possible. Uh, next, we'll go to uh, Alice in, in Rancho. Alice, Hi, go there. Ahead. Hi. Hi there. Yes, I'm a senior. I live in Metro Cucamonga, and I'm just wondering about the grocery stores, about the supplies that they have. Well, they, they're saying we're to come in the store at a certain time of the morning, but there's no rice, no beans. So, uh, how how are we going to be able to shop? You know, and also the stimulus package that they mentioned are the seniors included in that. That's a, it's a good question. Uh, thank you for the question, Alice. Um, uh, I, I went to the store earlier this week. I saw a lot of the same things uh, you did. Um, number one, I would say, for our seniors uh, on this call, um, be sure to utilize uh, some of the uh, senior hours for our local uh, stores um, that are opening a half hour, an hour um, uh, ahead of schedule, uh, specifically for seniors. Um, so to the extent you can participate in that, uh, please do. The second piece, we've, we've, we've heard from Stater Brothers, we've heard from uh, a lot of grocers and, and retailers um, that you know folks just need to, to buy uh, what they need for the week. Um, the, the, the supplies are there, the warehouses are full, um, and so folks are just you know buying more than they need, more than they can use uh, in a week. Uh, so we all need to play our role in, in, in purchasing uh, just what we need for the week. Uh, or plan to go shopping once a week and, and get that um, and get those canned goods. But I, I agree with you. I mean, I know that the, the bean aisle, the pasta aisle, um, those are all uh, uh, ghost towns. Uh, the paper goods, um, uh, I understand that, and, and we'll do what we can to, to communicate uh, to folks uh, and our local grocers and, and retailers. Um, the federal government is, is looking at, um, uh, at this uh, in the second bill that we passed. We did provide additional uh, meal programs uh, for seniors. We also uh, expanded SNAP benefits. Um, and in this next uh, stimulus, uh, we're also having more conversations about uh, expanding um, uh, SNAP um, uh, as well, creating a new potentially kind of pandemic SNAP, which would um, raise the resources uh, that, that uh, the SNAP recipients get uh, in, a, in a short period of time here. Um, so uh, we, all, we want to be incredibly mindful of that. Uh, I did just want to take a quick minute um, uh, to thank a lot of our school districts um, who are providing child nutrition um, to our communities. Uh, some of them, I visited the Colton uh, Unified School District uh, today, uh, are providing uh, nutrition even during spring break. They're doing it in a drive-through way uh, where uh, individuals who have school-age kids in Colton can drive through eight different sites uh, and pick up a breakfast and a lunch uh, for, for the, the school-age children in Colton. Uh, so my hat's off to the leadership in, in Colton Joint Unified uh, for doing that. That is an amazing program. Uh, and in and, and this time when kids can't go to school, we still want to make sure that uh, children have uh, nutrition as well. Uh, so thanks, thanks so much. Um, next, we're going to go to Paulette from Upland. Paulette, go ahead. Hi, Pete. It's Paulette from Upland. Uh, two questions quickly. What can Congress do to get the president to fully employ the Defense Production Act? Um, I'm hearing that the PPEs and the ventilators are vital. Also, the availability of testing seems to be important. 
so that we can have a data-driven scientific response rather than a political response to this crisis? Are we still supposed to uh, go through our own healthcare provider for testing information, or will there be some centrally located source for that? Sure, thank you for the question, Paulette. Um, Corwin, I'm gonna take the first piece uh, and then I'll, I'll let you comment on the testing if that's, uh, if that's okay. Um, uh, Paulette, I agree with you. Uh, the, the president says he's um, invoked the Defense Production Act, um, but uh, while he may have, have signed it, he is not, he's not implementing it. Um, what we have all encouraged him to do is to implement the Defense Production Act. Uh, the federal government uh, should be forcing and compelling uh, some of these businesses who are making uh, uh, personal protective equipment, uh, we're talking masks, we're talking um, uh, gowns, you know, all of these things. Um, the federal government should be should be pushing industry to do that, and they should invoke uh, this this law and this rule. Um, and and I think they should uh, take control of the supply chain. Uh, you shouldn't put uh, the governors of New York and California in a position where they're competing uh, to buy ventilators. Uh, and uh, surgical masks and N95 masks. Uh, they need to be working together. The federal government should be should be helping that process and, and forcing uh, industry uh, to churn out the product and then working with the states to identify where the products go and where the greatest need is based on the science, based on uh, uh, the medical need, and not based on anything else. Um, so we're gonna continue to push um, in order for uh, uh, in order for the president to do that, uh, but based on the article I read today, it seems that some of the bigger businesses have pushed back on that, uh, and I think that that's incredibly unfortunate. Um, Corwin, um, can you talk a little bit about uh, testing in San Bernardino County? Uh, what is what does it look like? Um, uh, how do folks? Uh, when should they uh, call their doctor and, and ask for a test? And, and, and uh, I know I have the California numbers on total testing. Um, but can you uh, answer a question about testing? Absolutely, thank you. So I, I think we've seen a lot of uh, information in the media. We've heard a lot about it. Uh, I think people are generally aware that we've had some struggles getting the supplies needed to, to do the testing. So initially, all the tests were done by CDC, and so our county was obligated to send tests that direction. And then after that, the state finally was able to open up their own lab, um, and then we sent samples to Richmond. Well, over the last several weeks, um, actually it's been about three weeks now, we've been running our own tests at our current lab in the county. And to date, we've tested um, um, a number of samples. I'll give you the total for the county, though. We're just shy of 300 tests, according to my last numbers. Um, where the county has done uh, several of those, uh, close to 100. Um, but now, as of, oh goodness, it's been about a week and a half, two weeks ago, Quest and LabCorp have now been approved to do testing. Unfortunately, even though they've come online and it's got our numbers up to, like I said, almost 300 in the county, they are struggling to keep up because they're building up capacity themselves. We're expecting the lab testing to continue to improve day over day. It's just taking a long time to ramp it up to meet the demand. There's quite a demand. And so what has happened is that those who receive the testing meet certain criteria. They're basically a high-risk population. 
that have more severe consequences to this illness. And so there's a screening protocol that healthcare providers go through before they will recommend a, a person for testing. And so to answer the other part of the question is yes, the healthcare provider will, will do some screening and determine whether a person should be tested or not. And then typically we'll send those samples out to either Quest or LabCorp. And in some cases they may come to our lab as well. Um, but the good news is it's getting better. Um, the bad news was is we had a very slow start. I appreciate, uh, appreciate the answer. Um, I pulled, uh, or this morning, uh, sorry, this afternoon, California Department of Public Health uh, published something and said uh, 26,000 tests had been completed in, in California. Uh, 12,000 uh, were, were pending. So to, to your point, Corwin, um, uh, quite a bit of a backlog with the, uh, with the private folks uh, getting an influx of, of completed tests uh, that, are, that are processing that now. So while there may be more testing, uh, more tests out in California, um, the results aren't necessarily um, uh, moving as fast because of, the, because of the backlog. Is that fair? That's, that's very accurate. Okay. Uh, next, we're going to go to Larry at Redlands. Larry, go ahead. Hey, it is Larry from Redland. Uh, hey, my go question ahead. is, hey, my question is, I believe that business are not taking social distancing seriously. And I wonder if the Department of Public Health will enforce that. Uh, if you want me to give you two examples, I can. And I can even name the businesses. Uh, it, it's just like uh, when I call themselves, they said they are doing the best they could. Yeah. And then I talked oh. to them. Sure. I talked sure. to them one more yeah. time. I said, why don't you take all your employees infected? Even they are well yet to treat them as infected so they don't infect the community. They are like the frontline people. They are just like nurses because they're seeing a lot of people and talking to a lot of people. But they are not doing social distancing themselves. Sure. Okay. Thanks for the question, um, uh, Corwin. I know we've talked about social distancing and best practices. Uh, from an enforcement um, perspective, what is San Bernardino County doing and, and how can we as residents, I guess, continue to kind of play a role? Uh, like Larry mentioned, by telling the business and, and by encouraging uh, our friends and neighbors to exhibit those same best practices. Now that's great advice, Congressman. Yes, we would definitely recommend that. The social pressure um, is, is very important to help folks understand the importance and how it applies to them. We do or have received a number of, of inquiries and complaints relative to this topic. So what I would recommend is we are well, I should give a little bit more background. We are tracking these complaints that come in, and we will be working with law enforcement as needed to begin enforcing in the near future. So what I can offer up at this point in time is an email address to send any uh, concerns to us so that we can track and look into those and possibly refer to law enforcement, which would be PD or sheriff for enforcement. So that contact information is an email address. Uh, it's um, coronavirus at dph.sp 
bcounty.gov. And I can send that to you, Congressman, as well, if that would be helpful. Can you, can you give that one more time? Sure. Coronavirus, uh-huh. one word, yep. at dph.sbcounty.gov. Great. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, all right, we're going to go to Raymond from Colton. Uh, is that is that right? Or hello? Yeah, hi. How are you? This right. Yes, thank you. First off, my my question is, I'd like to say hello to Corwin. My wife used to work with Corwin in public health, Jennifer Cosi. What what's your what's your question? Go ahead. When are when are we the citizens of San Bernardino County going to start seeing the checks from from Washington? Sure, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, thank you for that. Um, right now, um, uh, right now we're negotiating the third legislative package um, that will contain direct assistance uh, to individuals that, that need it. Um, so right now there isn't any disagreement, um, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, uh, we all agree that, that getting checks to individuals um, is, uh, is important, individuals who uh, now what we'd like to do, what I'd like to do, is to make sure those folks who need it most um, get it and get it fast. Um, so I would, I would prefer not to send uh, millionaires, billionaires, a thousand dollar check or a fifteen hundred dollar check. Uh, I'd rather send folks in San Diego County who have been affected, who have had their hours reduced, um, uh, and are not making as much. Uh, I'd rather send them more. Um, so that seems to be the the disagreement um, at this point. There's a lot of Hi, my name is Andrea, and I'm a volunteer for today's event. I see you wanted to ask a question. Can I start by getting your name and what city you live in? Treasure Ortiz, the city of San Bernardino. Treasure Ortiz in the city of San Bernardino. Yes, ma'am. Okay, I know who you are. I follow your Facebook. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Okay. Yeah, you're very popular. Uh, okay, Treasure, what's your question? Um, I want to ask about the checkpoints for testing in the county of Riverside and how those are imp- how we can have those implemented as well in the county of San Bernardino. Okay, so let me just kind of phrase that. So Riverside County has, uh, are these mobile checkpoints? Yeah, those are the swab checkpoints. Okay, that's a great question. How can we get this thing? Are you going to read it, or am I going to say it? Oh, so if you get live on there, we have quite a few questions, and I am going to send you through to ask. Okay. So uh, you would just, he would just say, okay, Treasurer from San Bernardino, uh, go ahead and ask a question, and then you would be live on the line, and then you would ask. Okay, cool. Then that's basically right, the question, cool. yes. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for your question, and you have a lovely evening, okay? All right, you too. I'm centered in the heart of the homeless, 
the uh, mental health, and I still have to deal with these people on a day-to-day basis. Um, I go home every day to a seven-year-old child, and if I heard there's a case or cases of people that carry the virus, they don't even know they have it. So I'm kind of afraid because I have to go home to my family. And, and like I said, I still deal with the public system. I'm considered a first responder. I'm a security guard. And I still work with, um, and I'm centered in the heart of the homeless. I deal with the homeless every day, uh, mental health. And, you know, the work that I do is dealing with the public. And I've been taught, you know, it's always be courteous, you know, um, to, to my fellow people. And I can't treat these people like they got the disease or something. You know what I'm saying? Because that, that's just right. wrong. And, uh, but, you know, my question is, um, Dylan, considering what I do every day, and like I said, I'm grateful that I still have a job, but some people don't. But it's, it's, it's scary. It, it really is, you know, and, and, and I hear you, I, I wash my hands constantly, and, 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 and I try to maintain the six feet, but when you're dealing with people in that and, 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 you know, with that type of people, it's, it's not easy to maintain that distance. Um, and I don't know. I'm, sure. I'm careful. Yeah, no, no, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for the question. And um, uh, and, and I think we, we might all have a, have a comment on this. Um, uh, Corwin, uh, from an essential uh, perspective uh, of folks who are in the security business, you know, um, are still are still working. They're working at, at some of the retailers that are that are still open. Well, all of those same best practices uh, apply that we've talked about. Um, but I think what what I'm also hearing her say is, you know, how can she uh, make sure that, that she's safe for her for her family? Um, you know, she might have loved ones who are in at-risk populations um, as well. So what are what are some of the what are some of the things that that um, those essential employees should be should be mindful of uh, as well. well. Thank you for that question. I think you, uh, uh, Betsy, expressed the concerns of a lot of our law enforcement and, and other first responders as well, who don't have the option always of having a six foot distance between them and, and the folks they work with. So what we do recommend for you and for all those that that are out there and then struggle to have the social distance is to use some things such as the congressman suggested, continue the, the hygiene practices. But beyond that, um, and the things we've already talked about, monitoring your own health, making sure that if you do happen to uh, spike a fever, start to have flu-like symptoms, that you separate yourself from those that, that uh, may be in your household, that may be immune compromised, may uh, be older and then not have the ability to fight off infection um, quite like a, a younger, healthier individual. So that's one of the main things we recommend is just being self-aware and taking precautions to separate any time that you have an ill person such as yourself from those that are well so we don't pass this on. It is true that um, some people don't respond uh, severely to the virus, others do. Some people may not have any symptoms at all or very mild symptoms, but have the ability to pass it on. So it's just important that we do all the things that we talked about on the phone today, as well as make sure we monitor ourselves and, and 
and separate the sick from the well as best that we can to uh, get that protection uh, as broadly as we can. Dr. Kelly, anything else to offer, uh, especially uh, for those folks uh, on the front lines who are working with um, uh, with, uh, with homeless populations and with uh, folks in our community on how they can uh, best pr protect themselves while, you know, while offering um, uh, the services that are needed. Thank you, Congressman. Betsy, I would just uh, suggest that you also, um, if you can, go to our Department of Behavioral Health website. We have some real specific things that you can do, but I think really heeding what Corwin stated about hygiene, monitoring your own health, and um, really ensuring that you can maintain as much as possible. I know that all the staff who work here in our department, and we're 1,300 folks, are faced with the very same thing because we are also healthcare providers and we aren't fully gloved up or masked either. So um, uh, bless you for the work that you do as a first responder. And again, I would just suggest you go to our website to get out to get more information to assist you. Thanks, Dr. Kelly, I appreciate it. Uh, next, we're gonna go to Gertha from Loma Linda. Gertha, go ahead. Hi, Gertha. Hello. Yeah. My name is, is Gertha Grant, and I'm calling in reference to me and my husband. We're both in our 90s, and they tell me that this disease really catches up with us in a, so quick. And I was just wondering, do we, is there a special place you go when you want to be, you know, examined for the, 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 the problem? Or do you just go, um, we belong to Kaiser, do we just go, go to Kaiser and see and let them check us or, or do you guys have a special place for us to go? Well, thank you so much for the question. I know that uh, I, I've received this question uh, in a number of other forums too. Um, I'll let Corwin uh, answer, but I think what we want you to do is we want you to call Kaiser um, before you go to the doctor. If you're not feeling well, if you have a fever, if you have any of the symptoms, uh, we want you to call uh, Kaiser and we want you to follow their guidance. Uh, they might tell you to go to a, a special facility. They might ask you to, to, to go to a different facility than you're, than you're normally accustomed to. Um, uh, Corwin, anything else to offer? That was excellent, Congressman. The only other thing you might expect is if you do get ill and you call ahead to your provider, they may also uh, have you enter through a different uh, entrance than maybe the general public would be if they uh, are concerned about uh, um, any kind of potential spread of illness. So, But other than that, Congressman, you answered that very well. Thanks. Thanks, Roman. I'm just trying to catch up because you already had one person on the call who, who gave you kudos and knew who you were, and Dr. Kelly and I have had zero. So uh, we're just all trying to make friends here. Um, next, we're going to go to uh, Bridget from San Bernardino. Bridget, I, um, I'm here, uh, Congressman Aguilar. I got my answers, quite, uh, my questions answered by a young lady that answered the phone, but I just want to thank you um, for this call, uh, reaching out to the people here in San Bernardino County, because, you know, hearing about L.A. and everybody on the, on the news, we kind of felt left out and we can't really go anywhere to congregate, you know, to kind of talk about it. But this call um, really makes a difference. And I just want to thank you for reaching out to the people in San Bernardino. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for getting on with us, and uh, and we'll continue to do these in the future if you guys think that they're that they're helpful. Believe me, no one is more frustrated.
frustrated than, than I am, and I'm sure Dr. Kelly and, and, and Corwin as well, uh, when we see uh, uh, all of the information and the websites from our friends in, in neighboring counties uh, get on, on the air, uh, but, uh, but they tend to forget us quite a bit, so we need to make sure we get that information out. Um, next, we're going to go to uh, Vladimir from Colton. Uh, Vladimir, go ahead. Hello? Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good, and you? I'm fine, thanks. Oh, okay, so my question is, well, I kind of have two questions. Okay, my first one is, um, I wanted to know how long, I know the courts are supposed to be closed into, I believe, April 6th, if I'm not mistaken, but since they're saying that the numbers are, you know, getting higher and higher, do you think that they're going to postpone the date to, a, you know, like, further, or are they going to open on April 6th? Uh, that, that's a good question, and I think you were also asking about um, uh, schools as well. So, uh, Corwin, do you want to take the, 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 the court's perspective or, or from a county uh, service perspective, uh, what, what's the advice uh, that, uh, that you guys are giving? No, that is an excellent question. I think it's a question a lot of us have, is how long will this last? How long will some of these restrictions be in place? And the honest answer is we don't know. We're hoping that we'll see some movement and some changes in the next few weeks, um, but we're not sure if we will or not. And so what will happen is the data and the information that we're seeing will be reevaluated by various experts, and then we will uh, potentially see new direction or new guidance coming out um, as we approach the end of the, the current time frames that have been established. We all hope it's positive news, um, but we won't really know in, until more days and, and perhaps a little bit more time, even in weeks, goes by. And then I'll answer the question um, related to, to schools, um, which I think she, she also asked. Uh, San Bernardino County Superintendent of Schools, uh, Ted Alejandro, met with all of our superintendents and they decided collectively that we would close schools until May 1st. Um, I think uh, a lot of us, speaking as a, as a parent, I think a lot of us uh, were pleased that everybody would get together and that they would make that decision. That doesn't help anybody if, if San Bernardino District makes one decision and Colton and Redlands and, and Awanda make another. Um, so the fact that all of ours are on the same page is a, is a, is a good thing. Um, so, uh, uh, but we will, we will touch base with them and I would imagine in the next few weeks um, they will be giving guidance on whether that May 1st date will hold or whether they have to, to bump that back um, uh, as well. So part of this is evolving as, as Corwin uh, mentioned um, and, uh, and we will be sure to communicate that uh, as, we, um, uh, as we can. Uh, next we'll go to, um, what are we going to do here guys, uh, Kathy? Kathy, go ahead. Um, we we go in here. Um, all right, let's do Kathy and Highland. Go ahead. Kathy. Hi, hi. First of all, I'd like to say how proud I am to be an American, and how proud I am of our country the way we are battling this without any warning on a silent war that we're doing a great job, each and every one of us. How proud I am of my mom, who's 84 and staying home and, and doing exactly what everyone has asked. 
So my question is, my question is, I work for the healthcare system. I am a nutrition um, provider for Early Head Start program. Um, I work for a company that's been around for 125 years, and I'm just curious. They haven't mentioned anything about early early uh, Head Start daycare centers. Will we have closed our doors? Will we be returning in a couple of weeks? Or are they going to announce that when we will? Sure, sure, that's a good question, and um, I had a couple conversations with folks at the county. Um, I don't want to speak for them. The Head Start programs um, are federally funded, um, but they're run here locally with the county. Uh, one of the things that um, uh, the Head Start might have to stay through is, is how they do nutrition. Uh, right now, they do nutrition in, in, in bulk, um, uh, and so it is, it is less like a school facility that they provide the little, you know, the little milks and, and the little fruits. Um, so there may be a role for Head Start to play on the nutrition side, similar to how our school districts. Um, but right now, I think we're all following the advice of, uh, of, of Corwin and the county and, and our public health officials um, uh, being mindful that, uh, that getting together and congregating in, in larger groups, no matter the age, uh, is, not, is not advisable. So. Uh, we're all operating under that assumption, but uh, believe me, as, as someone I was a Head Start teacher's aide, uh, I love Head Start, um, and um, uh, it's an important program. Um, so there might be a role for them to play on the nutrition side, and as we as we get back to normal, uh, but in the short term here, um, uh, I think they're going to be treated similar to, to schools, and we're and we're going to shy away from from congregating in those in those groups. Um, thank you for the question, though. Let's go to Sue in Upland. Hi there. Thank you Hi all too. for your service. Hi. Uh, I have a question about travel. Uh, are there any restrictions uh, traveling the streets or freeways in our county uh, in the near future? I know that back east they have closed some towns because of the concentration of the coronavirus. Is any of that anticipated? Sure. sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for the question. Um, Corwin, um, I, I think she had also mentioned uh, that she is supposed to drop her daughter off or, or maybe doing some, some airline travel um, as well. Can you talk about Ontario Airport, streets and roads, um, you know, what, what's open and, and how should people be thinking about travel? Yeah, thank you for that question. That, I'm sure that's on a lot of folks' minds. The travel, um, as you probably know, is one of those essential uh, functions that the government is, is continues to support, whether it be airlines or other means of transportation as part of the essential critical services that need to stay in place. Now, getting a little deeper into the travel element, you asked specifically about our county. There's nothing at this point even discussed in this county about closing uh, down any portions of it. I know that um, New York had done something um, similar to that, but there is no discussions at this point in time along those lines. As far as travel, there are a lot of travel restrictions up for international travel, as you're probably aware, but the other guidance is is, is be aware of where you're going and whether there's community spread of this illness, COVID-19, within the, that community. Um, cautions advised if there is community spread. And so that is, is what the guidance we're giving folks is please pay attention to where you're traveling. And if you're traveling,
traveling to an area where community spread is occurring, you may want to rethink that travel. If you absolutely have to go, then be prepared to um, be exposed potentially to the virus and use any kind of precaution um, that you can to protect yourself. Thanks, thanks so much. Um, we're going to have Glenn from San Bernardino, uh, and and just so everybody knows, I promised uh, Corwin and Dr. Kelly that we would uh, that we would keep them for for an hour. Uh, so so uh, I'll give them an opportunity after Glenn um, to get off if they want. Um, I'll take a few more questions um, if they are not in the in the public health lane. Um, uh, and and Corwin and Dr. Kelly, you guys can feel free to, to stay on as, as well. We're, we're not kicking off. I just want to respect your time. And I know you've been working, uh, uh, burning both ends of the, uh, the candle here. So we'll go to Glenn from San Bernardino. Hello? Hi, Glenn from San Bernardino. Hi, hello. my name is hi. Maria. I, oh, hi, Maria. I wanted Sorry. to find out, hello? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm wanting to know, there's some of the elderly people that don't have computers and things like that. I need numbers to call to see about if I should get the test or not, and uh, about food. Sure. Um, thanks, thanks so much for, for the question. Um, uh, Corwin, I'm going to ask you to, to help out Maria here. Um, but she should, if she isn't feeling well, if she's showing symptoms, she should call her, her medical provider um, uh, before she before she goes, and then I'll handle the, the food security piece, if that's okay. No, absolutely. That is great advice. Maria, that's exactly what you're asked to do, is, is make sure you call ahead if you have illness symptoms and talk to your provider, and then they will guide you on what the next steps will be. As far as a phone number, just for general information, I can give you a number that uh, we run every day and take a lot of calls. I think we've had thousands and thousands of calls so far. So uh, we've got a lot of folks ready to help answer questions that you might have. So here's the number. It's 909-387-3911. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Corwin. Uh, Corwin and Dr. Kelly, thank you both so much. Uh, it's, uh, it's right at 7 o'clock, 7.03. I um, want to respect your time, and uh, so please feel free to stay on if, you, if you'd like. Um, I'm going to take uh, maybe three or four. We, we've still got uh, dozens and dozens of questions left. I'm going to take three or four uh, questions. I'll try to be fast um, with, my, with my answers, um, but, uh, but thank you so much for your time, both of you, uh, for joining us, uh, for the partnership that San Bernardino County uh, has, has had with our office and uh, for being a resource to, to all of our uh, constituents. I, I appreciate it. We'll go to um, uh, Shimon and Rancho.
having them stay in is posing a problem for their mental health. Um, I talk to them each day, and they're kind of just going stir crazy. Are there any outlets? I know we've got the, um, the distancing six feet, but is there anything we can do in order to support them, uh, any groups uh, online, things like that? in order to support the seniors for their mental health. Sure, thank you for the question. And uh, I'm very thankful that Dr. Kelly took me up on my offer and, and stayed on the call. Dr. Kelly, do you wanna, do you wanna take this one? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, the Department of Aging and Adult Services, which is one of our county departments, does have some resources available. And again, we will send that link and a phone number to the congressman so he can have it. But I would suggest that you also go on their website. You can just Google uh, the Department of Aging and Adult Services. Also, we do have some um, information on our behavioral health website that can give you some um, ideas of things you can do. We have some um, information from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration specific to elders. We also have information on there on, on what to do when children are staying home for long periods of time. So we do have age-specific information on our website. Um, and so that's really important. I think it's also important since you are, if you are home and are a caregiver, which I'm sure you are aware of, that you also take care of yourself uh, to make sure that you are able to be there for your parents. We know this is taxing on, uh, on, on the entire family, but uh, the, the bottom line is Dr. Kelly uh, knows, and as, as Corwin mentioned before, um, you know, staying away from vulnerable populations, it, it's, it's going to save lives. And so uh, that, that remains our focus. And so, um, but uh, that doesn't mean that we can't offer them uh, guidance and support. Um, uh, and uh, so please uh, use those resources uh, that, uh, that Dr. Kelly gave. Next, we're going to go to Gonzalo from San Bernardino. Gonzalo, go ahead. Yes, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a barber, so I'm self-employed, and uh, our barber shop was closed down, um, and so I'm trying to find out, and I know a lot of barbers, um, I'm trying to find out what we can do to, you know, to get help, because, we, you know, we made money daily and, and uh, weekly, and so now, you know, I have a family of five, and I'm trying to find out, what, you know, where we could find help. Find out. Yeah, no, no, no. I appreciate the appreciate the question, Gonzalo. Um, one of the things that we're working to make sure is any direct assistance that we that we do um, is also applicable for independent contractors, 1099 employees, and uh, gig economy uh, workers. Uh, you know, if, if somebody's doing ride shares um, or working working for one of the gig economy um, uh, groups. Um, if their hours get reduced or if they can't work, um, traditionally, unemployment doesn't doesn't apply for those for those individuals, as, as you know. Um, so, so making sure that independent contractors um, are included is is a really really critical important piece of this. And so that's what we have been uh, pushing and advocating. And and I hope that we have something, as I mentioned before, um, to announce uh, a, a bipartisan. Um, agreement that we have um, uh, that will that will allow uh, those those individuals in your position uh, being in, if you are an independent contractor I'm not asking and please don't tell me but if you're an independent contractor uh, or a gig economy 
as well as a just a traditional employee, um, but to have um, boosted up uh, an employment um, business interruption, um, if you're a small business as well, those are the resources that are going to matter. Um, but uh, we understand that, that, that that's going to be you know, the most important thing that we can do for you is to, uh, as quickly as possible, get you resources for you and your family. Um, but traditionally, if you don't fit into that box where you're working for a large company or you're working for a company and paying unemployment, um, uh, you wouldn't have access to these benefits. And so we want to make sure that you do have access. Um, and so that's a critical component that is one of the stumbling blocks um, uh, in, in Washington right now. So we're working through that. Uh, please, you know, thank you for your patience. Um, uh, thank you for the question. And um, uh, as soon as we have more information to share, uh, we will. Uh, next, we'll go to uh, Bianca. Why don't we take two more? Uh, so Bianca and then one more. Uh, Bianca from Rancho. Hi. Yes, um, thanks for taking my call. Um, actually, I have two questions. One is, if you are uh, a teacher and they're paying you your full salary, uh, do you still get one of the stimulus checks? Uh, so so right now, as it's been, as it's being discussed, is, is uh, anyone would be eligible for a check uh, based on income, um, and so and so that's what it would that's what it would be. Uh, clearly, those folks who need it most, um, uh, and that's also the importance of why we need to uh, put more resources into the unemployment insurance fund because those are going to be uh, individuals who need it uh, fast and they need it uh, they need it most. Um, but uh, we aren't interested in exempting uh, seniors or, or or other individuals um, with this direct contribution. So it would likely be. Um, again, these are still just, uh, this is kind of uh, um, uh, still evolving, but it is it has generally been um, looking at, a, at an income threshold. So if you're below a certain income threshold in your household, uh, you would receive a direct uh, contribution. Um, so that's what's being uh, discussed right now. You had another part of the question you said? Yes. So, um, okay, I'm a senior citizen on Social Security. Am I getting anything? Uh, yeah, so you wouldn't be you wouldn't be exempted from this just because you're getting a social security check. You would not be exempted from the direct contribution um, uh, of uh, that's being discussed. Um, and so, if if that's your source of income, or you have a smaller source of income, you know, in addition to that, um, if you're below the seventy-five thousand or hundred thousand, that those are generally the two numbers that have been discussed uh, in the press. Um, and so, uh, I would anticipate that that's generally where it's gonna where it's gonna where it's gonna be. Um, and so the discussion has been, is it a one-time payment? Is it a couple different uh, payments? Um, so those are, those are pieces that are being discussed. Thank you for the, uh, thank you for the uh, question. Uh, next we'll go to Susanna from San Bernardino. Hi. Hello. Hi, how are you? Fine, thank you. Uh, thank you for the good job you guys are doing. Uh, for allowing uh, the, the community to, you know, speak to you. My question is, right now the virus is everywhere. And we know the county, San Bernardino County, is the lowest, has the lowest rate. So is it because they are not testing? Or is it because uh, we don't have the, the access to the testing? That's our, our people to make sure that they are really, they really don't have it all. Is it because uh, we are really, really not infected? Well, I, 
I appreciate the question, and uh, this would be a better question for uh, for Corwin, um, who uh, who we had for the first hour. Uh, but I, I I'll take a I'll take a try at it, and I'll tell you a couple things. One, we have 17 cases, uh, positive cases of COVID-19 in San Bernardino County. Uh, Riverside County has 37. Um, uh, Los Angeles County has 130. Um, so, like you mentioned, it is a it is a smaller number. We're uh, smaller uh, number in population as well here in San Bernardino County. Uh, but I will tell you um, that I think a lack of testing uh, is the reason why we don't have higher numbers. Um, for uh, the first, uh, the federal government didn't do a great job on the testing side. That's been well chronicled. Um, and for a number of, of days and weeks, um, uh, only folks who had travel history um, abroad were getting tested. Uh, so that did not capture uh, that what's called the community spread, individuals who received it from someone who might have traveled. Um, and so we didn't, uh, we weren't capturing those folks, and I don't think we're still capturing those folks. Uh, as I also mentioned before, the, the state has, statewide, there's 12,000 tests where we are waiting results. Um, and so uh, my anticipation is that a lot of those folks are going to have to be positive. And so it, it, we need to plan and we need to practice uh, all of these important things as if it, it's here, and as, if, as if our numbers are just as high as Los Angeles County, because they probably are. And so that's what the importance of social distancing, uh, that's the importance of the essential services and making sure that we're, we're uh, only going to um, uh, the, the supermarket um, uh, when we need it, and we're only shopping for as much as we need uh, for a week. Um, those are the things that are, that are important that are going to bend the arc of this. Um, uh, and, and have some meaningful impact. Um, so, you know, please, if there's things you can post on your social media or having conversations with your friend, um, uh, is one of our callers talked about too, the, the social pressures. If you're seeing a business that isn't really complying, uh, letting them know that they're not complying and they're jeopardizing the health and safety of all of us, uh, that's important. Um, so, uh, you know, but thank you for the, thank you for the, the, the question. Um, and I think we all need to practice these, uh, these, uh, the uh, best practices. Um, folks, that is uh, the time that we have uh, today. Uh, I promise uh, is, is this uh, federal proposal and as our, what we can call our, our third um, a stimulus package uh, moves forward and, um, uh, and if that becomes law, uh, I promise that we can do this again and we can have another conversation. I can tell you exactly um, uh, what, is, what is happening. Um, uh, I want to thank Corwin Porter and, and Dr. Kelly from San Bernardino County for sharing important information. Um, if you'd like to receive regular updates on the coronavirus um, and the federal government's response, I'd encourage you to visit my website. Uh, I also have a newsletter you can subscribe to at agular.house.gov. Thank you for joining the call tonight, and uh, please continue to keep yourselves and your, and your family safe. Um, thanks again for, for joining us. I appreciate it. Have a good night.